Hello, welcome to an emergency edition of Not Just Another Sports Podcast, the podcast that told you first that Tyreek Hill and Khalil Mack were get, getting traded in and out of the AFC West. It is Christian Ainsworth, the Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack insider, and it's Price Carter, the Tyreek Hill insider. First, a tweet from February 7th or February 9th from your own, Price A. Carter on Twitter, who said, I'm just saying dot, dot, dot. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that Tyreek Hill gets traded this season. And now, here we are. Tyreek Hill is no longer a chief. He's a Miami Dolphin. Let's just start with just the raw reaction. Christian, what, are, what is your raw reaction of the compensation, just the whole day of Tyreek Hill becoming a Dolphin? So this, first of all, thank you for not repeating what I tweeted at you right after that tweet. So that, that'll help maybe keep my rep up in the Twitter game. But as far as the trade goes, I think it happens in two parts. My immediate reaction was like, oh, God, no, please tell me that I'm reading like a fake Adam Schefter tweet. And then the second half of it is looking at it like, you know, maybe committing like a five year deal. What was it? Four years, one third or four years, 120 million. 30 million per it's like maybe committing a that much money to a guy that relies on athleticism that's about to turn 29 isn't such a good idea and I think you know we obviously we will not be able to tell whether this was a good trade or not right now um, because we haven't seen like Tyree Kill could sprain his or tear his ACL his first weekend to be in a dolphin and then he's never the same again or Brett Veach could miss on all these picks that he's about to have. And, you know, then it looks like we got fleeced. So we, I don't know exactly where it's going to be. As far as the compensation goes, though, I think a lot of people are mad at it. I don't hate it. Like a first, a second, a fourth, and then a fourth and a sixth the next year's draft. Like that's not as much. That's, that's more than Devontae Adams got. We just watched Amari Cooper get traded for a pencil eraser. Like there, there was nothing if you thought we were going to get the number four and the number 10 overall pick from the jets, you were sadly mistaken. Like if, if that's what you were banking on when you heard that the trade was going to happen, I can see why you're pissed. If you looked at every other wide receiver trade that has happened for the past two years and said, you know what, maybe a first and a second is about as good as we're going to get. Then I think you come away from this looking like, okay, you know, they're, they're not in win now mode. We got pretty good compensation. It's more than anybody else got. Like what's there to be mad about that? We lost our best playmaker, probably the best wide receiver to ever suit up for the chiefs. Yeah. That's sad. It is sad. And the chiefs are not going to be good in 2022. This is a long-term move, but if you look at it, like would the offense have been elite this year? If Tyreek was here, hell yeah. Absolutely. Juju as the third option is insane. Michael Hardman as the fourth, even better. But that's just not the reality that we're living in. And because of some of these past trades and free agent signings and extensions, we're put in a position right now where clearing some cap space, acquiring younger talent is the way that we need to go. Now, one thing you better damn well hit on these picks. Like if, if this happens, I, I spoke a little bit about it a second ago. If you miss on these picks, we are SOL. This, this team will not be good for a while. 
I think that if we hit on these picks this year, all things considered, everything goes well. I think that we can be a contender again in 2023. But right now, we got way too many holes. We've got $30 million in cap space and no free agents to give it to. So I hope you guys like the rest of our free agency, which will include a Brown extension and maybe Mark what, MVS, the receiver from Green Bay. But that, that's about it. I don't, I don't know. My immediate reaction, though, absolute devastation. Was, was, were you on the same line as me earlier? So, yeah, this, this morning, whenever this news started coming down, it was, you know, this stuff happens really fast. The Devontae Adams trade literally came out of nowhere. It was just like minding your own business and like, oh, Devontae Adams is being traded. It's kind of crazy, but this was like, have granted him permission to seek a trade. He's getting traded. It's getting done this afternoon. Here's the compensation. And within an, I mean, it was within an hour, hour and a half tops. But I mean, when it comes down to any trade, it comes, it's three parts. You have, what did you get back? What do you do with what you got back? And how did this happen? I think the first thing to look at is how did this happen? To me, Tyreek Hill is one of the most interesting players in the NFL. He was in the middle of SEC country, didn't get recruited by an SEC school. Goes to this junior college, lights it up, has all these recruits, you know, all these schools looking at him as a JUCO transfer. And then he goes to Oklahoma State, of all places, with a pretty good offensive guy in Oklahoma State. And he Pops a little bit, but, you know, it's no means a superstar. He has the legal issues with the, you know, assault on his girlfriend. He pleads guilty to that. And that forces him out of Oklahoma State. And then he goes to Division II football. And by the way, in Division II football, he didn't just, you know, carve it up. It didn't look like Michael Jordan playing with the rec league guys. The Chiefs draft him in the fifth round. And I think they thought that they were going to get away with it, but. A lot of people remembered who Tyreek Hill was from Oklahoma State, and people went nuts. I mean, if you remember that day, like radio show, it was it was on the weekend because they drafted him on the third day of the draft, so it was on Saturday. The Chiefs had to have an extra press conference where they brought out John Dorsey and Andy Reid about this. Like people were ready to roll heads over at Arrowhead for drafting Tyreek Hill, and this is also you know a lot less further removed from some of the other tragic things that have happened at Arrowhead. Then Terry Kill comes in and he's a running back return specialist wide receiver hybrid. He's much closer to Cordero Patterson than he is Devontae Adams. And then he, you know, has his first good season, looks really good. And then he has a second season where they start moving him to wide receiver. And I remember tweeting things like, you know, after Tyree Kill's rookie year, that that was going to be his best season because he just seemed like a gadget guy. He was just more Dexter McCluster. And then he just, you know, quickly transformed into a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Then in the middle of that, he has another legal issue that was so uniquely handled from the way it was reported, the way it was covered, the way it was leaked during the draft, the audio that manipulated the Chiefs into taking McCole Hardman, which I'll never, I'll never not believe that. And after all that, he's cleared legally. And the Chiefs give him a deal that is basically no guaranteed money. They can walk away from any time. And he has to take it because he's more or less pigeonholed into it because of his legal situation. 
That brings us to where we are here now. Tyreek Hill obviously is a very good player. He's a top two or three, you know, I would say probably top four wide receiver, maybe five. I would put Devontae Adams, um, Cooper Cup, and maybe Debo Samuel in front of him. Um, but, you know, this is, this is an extreme talent in the NFL. And I think looking back, you're going to say that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Terry Kill was one of the best trios to ever do it. But the way that we are here is I, what I believe is the ultimate domino. I tweeted out today, like there's that picture of that guy who's putting the little domino and then this massive domino at the end that's like three foot tall. The way that this happened and where this started going wrong in the Chiefs plan, something they could have never predicted was losing both of their franchise tackles in one season to career altering and ending injuries. I think that they had those guys locked up and that was really the piece that set this all off. They had to go get Orlando Brown. They needed a left tackle. They couldn't keep Eric Fisher at his cost with his injury risk after tearing his Achilles. Mitchell Swartz hasn't played a snap in the NFL since. Those guys were people that this team was built around. And that they always counted on the bookend tackles and then just having mediocre play on interior. They can't do that anymore. So they felt obligated to go do the Joe Tooney thing. And also, how different would we feel about the whole Tyree Kill situation, the contract, all that, if the Chiefs did win another Super Bowl. You know, if Patrick Mahomes goes and beats Brady and wins back-to-back Super Bowls, I mean, how different is our outlook on this whole situation? Probably even more. So that domino there is just, it's a franchise-altering thing that was unpredictable, and I don't even blame the Chiefs for it because no one was sitting here saying, like, oh, man, they need to get out for Merrick Fisher and Merrick Schwartz. These guys are old and injury-prone. Both of them had been extremely healthy up until that time. So that answers the, and then, you know, just how did we get here? Kind of summing it up. Guys, look, I know that you want to, you want to coddle yourselves and tell yourselves, look, he, he really loved KC, but he just wanted out. There was nothing that Kansas City could have done to keep him. They offered him just as much money or even more. No, that's stuff that the agent puts out. The agents give these guys information. The same thing with the, the supposed Devontae Adams turning down more money to play with the Packers than to go to Las Vegas. Their agents put that stuff out there. So that way it makes it seem like they took a sweetheart of a deal to go to their new market. Tyreek Hill wanted to be paid as the number one wide receiver in the NFL. This is partially compensation for what happened with what happened with his last con- contract. He's making up for lost money. He was a fifth round pick. He, you know, probably thinks he could have been a first round talent. There's money lost there too. Terry Kills never got endorsement deals here in KC because of who he is in his situation. Miami, he gets a fresh start and the biggest contract in the NFL for a wide receiver. He's basically getting quarterback money. To me, this is how we got here. And I don't think there was much the Chiefs could have done differently. No, and, and I agree with you. And when you look at the tackle situation and how much we had to pay Brown, and how much we had to pay Tooney, well, how much we're going to have to pay Brown. Um, there's, a, there's a strong argument that if you don't sign Joe Tooney, that you keep Tyreek Hill. And I think everybody who has ever known anything about football that didn't play left guard will tell you, you take the wide receiver every single time. The problem is, when we went into that offseason, Brown hadn't been traded to us yet. The draft hadn't happened yet. And we were sitting there with like Austin Ryder as the, as the starting center. Oh no, he was, he was a free agent. 
So we, we didn't have but like two people on the offensive line that were even somewhat sort of able to be starters. It was like Andrew Wiley and Nick Allegretti. And so you look at that and you go, well, we got to sign somebody. Okay. We, you know what? We're going to go get a guard and hopefully he'll be able to make up for subpar uh, center play. Maybe he can help out with the left tackle if that doesn't get worked out. And then you go a little bit further. It's like, oh, well, they trade it. Now they have the opportunity to trade a second, what is essentially a first-round pick for Orlando Brown. And you trade for him. Okay, now the whole left side is taken care of. But the right side, from the middle to the right, is a complete question mark. I mean, you have Niang coming back, but who really knows? It was going to be his first year starting. Last year was his first year starting. So you had no idea how you were going to, to rebuild this offensive line. All you knew from the from the Tooney signing was there's some there's a tackle available to be traded. Other than that, there were other guys. They were in on Trent Williams as well. <clears throat> Tried to sign him. That was their first option, which would have put them in an even worse cap situation than they are right now. Like that offensive line completely breaking down and not investing in that position in the draft, making necessary changes before that really led to, to where we are now. I, I believe that analysis to be a hundred percent true. The only problem is this is where we're at. Like what, what would you like for them to do at this point? Like give Tyree kill $30 million. Okay. Do you want to be a middling team for the next five years? Excuse me. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. Paying Devonte Adams, paying Tyreek Hill, paying Christian Kirk 20, 27, $30 million a year is just not in the cards for KC. And I don't think that it was going to be unless we had an all rookie offensive line or some patchwork thing that we threw up to put in front of Patrick Mahomes. Now doing it over. Yeah. You probably, you probably change a few things. If you know, you're going to get Orlando Brown, like, yeah, maybe you change a few things. If you know, you're going to get Creed and Trey in the draft, like, okay, maybe you, maybe you don't draft Creed. Maybe you bring back Austin Ryder. Like, okay, that saves you a little bit of money. Although, I don't know what else you would have used that picked on. Like, just from where the Chiefs were cap-wise and heading into the future and some of the mistakes that Beach has made uh, as far as signing free agents and trading for Frank Clark, that, that sort of situation, I think we were in a position where we had to let him go. And it can be good for both parties. Like, there was good trade compensation. It freed up a lot of cap space. Like the, the Chiefs, I don't believe are going to be contenders this year, but you have 12 picks in this draft, two in the first, two in the second, two in the third, two in the fourth. Like they are loaded in this draft class. So you got to hit on it. Like I keep going back to it. You have to hit on these draft picks or trade some away. Maybe Danielle Hunter is somehow free now, although that that doesn't look to be the case. Like Maybe Josh Allen, you could trade him and bring him here. Like now the options for the Chiefs have, have become a little bit wider, but you know that right now in 2022, they are not going to be a great football team. That, that's just the way that it is. I will get to that. I, I really disagree with that notion that they're not going to be a good football team this year. In fact, I would argue that this might be the path to them being a better football team this year. Oh, you know, my. So 
the next thing we get to is what did they get in return? Because you're, you're kind of talking a little bit about what will they do with it? What did they get in return? The, the Roth Act is a first round pick. Number 29 is second round pick. Number 50, fourth round pick and fourth and sixth round picks in the next year's draft. True or false, Devontae Adams is better than Tyree Kill right now. True. True. I, I agree with that. So the Chiefs got more than they got more than Devontae Adams got for the Packers. And the other part of this is they the Dolphins also had to pay Tyreek Hill more than the Raiders paid Devontae Adams. Now Tyreek Hill is younger. So I, I think, you know, compensation-wise, and I I admit I got led astray. Uh, Eric Eager of PFF, who, by the way, was the guy who has been on this for the longest, has been talking about it since February. His exact words were something along the lines of trade Terry Kill, sign Marquez Valdez Stanley, which is really, you know, probably exactly what's going to happen. And he's plugged in in Kansas City. So I sincerely believe that he wasn't just pulling that out. But, um, you know, he was talking, talking about pick 10. So I was hoping for pick 10 because, you know, obviously I'd like pick 10. But looking back at it, especially now that we know what the offer from the Jets was and it didn't even include a first-round pick, this was about all you were going to get. You're not going to get a huge return for a guy that you also have to give a contract to. You know, this is more than, like, on paper, this is more than the Chiefs gave up for Frank Clark because they gave up a first and a third. Um, and then they swapped, like, seconds or something, I believe, or so, swapped fours or something like along those lines. But, I mean, this is a good haul. And – you have to remember, too, that not only are the Chiefs getting these picks, they're also getting the cap flexibility right now, which is why in this day you had Austin Ryder resign, which, you know, I agree. I'm not, you know, I'm not like hanging a banner for Austin Ryder. Marcus Valdez, Scantling, and Ronald Jones are all in for a visit. You know, this is what they get in return. They get the cap flexibility going forward. They get to not pay a player $30 million. So, I personally am okay with the return. I saw people use the term fleeced, and I just, I cannot believe that people think, actually believe that. That, you know, you think of, I mean, this is all hypothetical, and this goes back to what you're saying. It all depends on what they do on the picks. But they got a total of six or five picks for a single player. Those are five players, five lottery tickets, some of them very high lottery tickets to bring a player in to this team, to this scheme. The same people who are sitting here telling you, like, oh, you can't believe what Brett Beach did with Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton. He's going to do it all over again. Like, that. this is how it happens. So I am totally okay with the return. And also, by the way, the deal that the Dolphins gave him, there's a lot. The thing that really stands out to me about that deal is that there is a lot of guarantee. Like, half of it's guaranteed at signing. The other half of it's guaranteed next year. So he's got a ton of guaranteed money coming his way. Do I think that the Dolphins will regret signing Tyreek Hill? I don't know. Like the Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is a little redundant in my opinion. I think one of those guys is just running go routes predominantly from now on to try to stretch the defense and the other one's kind of doing the slot role. But the secret about Tyreek Hill this year is that Tyreek Hill and last year, honestly, so Tyreek Hill has stopped being the big downfield deep threat. Teams can neutralize. One of my friends asked me, like, who's more important, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? And Travis, Tyreek Hill, scheme-wise, is important because he can force teams to play differently. But as far as the uniqueness of the talent, 
like there's only four tight ends in the NFL that are even close to Travis Kelsey. There's other right wide receivers who are better than Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill has a unique skill set, so we see that. But I mean, Tyree Kill is not a guy who goes up and gets jump balls. He's not always a guy who just runs ankle breaking routes and gets open in the mid flat. He's not even a big guy who can run a, always run across the middle and break tackles and go. You know, he's not like a Debo Samuel that you can just run out of the backfield like a running back and he, you know, is aggressive running the ball. He's fast. He's agile. He can, you know, he'll amaze you with his elite. But I mean, I just personally, I don't necessarily think that it was a bad deal for either team. I understand the Dolphins trying to go all in on Tua and just see what they have in him. And if Tua shits the bed this year, you just go and try to do it all over again. You still have Terry Kill. You still have Jalen Waddle. They might have Mike Gusecki. They just signed Teron Armstead. They've got their core there. So they either are, you know, making it work with Tua or they're trading or signing for a new guy. Yeah, well, and there's plenty of quarterbacks that they could get right now, like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, that you could, I mean, Baker Mayfield, that you can have back up Tua. And if shit hits the fan halfway through the season, plug Jimmy Garoppolo in there. I mean, he's essentially Alex Smith, except less mobile, like, and we saw what Alex Smith did with Tyree Kill in Kansas City. So, like, for the Dolphins, this is a no-brainer, right? Like, you get a proven talent at the wide receiver position that you've kind of been searching for for the past couple of years. And if you get cap space and picks, which you desperately need. So, I agree. It's a, it's a win-win. I'll push back a little bit on the uniqueness of the talent because I think that Tyree Kill is a one-of-one. I think that he's probably the most explosive player in the history of the NFL, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss included. Like what he brings to the football field, it's going to change the way the Chiefs play offense, not, not having him there. So it is going to affect the offense a lot. But with Travis Kelsey still being here, at least for right now, I mean, you're still in a pretty good position wide receiver wise like uh, we're definitely worse off than we were last year but worse off for the Chiefs with Juju and Travis Kelsey is like you know still top 16 in the league like it's not like we went from uh the best receiving core to the worst receiving core we're somewhere in the middle receiving core wise like we may not have enough depth the draft also hasn't happened yet so we'll see what they do there but I mean there's some room the one thing, though, the, the one hang up I have with this, and like I said, trade compensation, what both teams got out of the deal, I think is great. One thing, though, is that you're wasting Patrick Mahomes, uh, wasting a year of Patrick Mahomes' career. But maybe even more importantly of that, you're wasting one year of Andy Reid's career. And Patrick Mahomes, we've seen it with, with a bunch of quarterbacks. Like Brady didn't go to the Super Bowl every single year. They took years to power down, get, you know, acquire talent power back up and hit the Super Bowl again. That's not a huge worry, although it does worry me a little bit. You do have to bring in that talent. But Andy Reid, how many more years is he going to coach? Do we really know? Like, and he's definitely a major key, a, a major player in this offense, even though he doesn't suit up every Sunday. Like, that's something that I worry about, is, is getting Andy Reid and Mahomes not necessarily in their prime. Mahomes is prime. Andy, Andy's prime was probably like 60 years ago. But getting both of them and keeping that pair together, because I think that's that pair is more important than the Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes pair. I think it's more important than the Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey pair. 
once he leaves, once he changes the game, once, once he, he leaves the game, I mean, the Chiefs offense is going to be worse. And I don't care who they have as the head coach. I don't care if it's Matt Nagy. I don't care if somehow Eric Bieniemy stays. The offense is going to be worse than what it was the year before, no matter what kind of talent you, you throw on the offense. So that's the only part about this for the Chiefs that worries me. We don't have to try to replace Tyreek Hill with one person. Travis Kelsey is going to be perfectly fine without him. He's going to get bracketed every play. He gets bracketed every play anyway. But Andy Reid, one less year of Andy Reid is, is what you're saying right now. And, and I, I don't like that. Patrick Mahomes can wait a year. Andy Reid, we don't know how many more we got left. Well, I, th I think the mistake that you're making in your analysis is that you think that Tyree Kill being gone makes this team not a contender or that this team is somehow tanking this year. Um, you know, I, I was talking to you before the podcast that I don't necessarily, I certainly don't think this in the AFC. You can argue about the Rams because they were early favorites, but midpoint of the season, I don't think anyone thought that either the Bengals or the Rams were the best teams in the NFL, but they met in the Super Bowl. To me, Anytime you're talking about a single elimination tournament, so, and even not even, even not single elimination, but like baseball is this way too. Just get to the playoffs, man, and you can get a Super Bowl without being the best team. There, it happens all the time. Most of the time, teams that win the Super Bowl are not the favorites to win the Super Bowl. You know, the year that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, everyone loved the Ravens. Remember, they were 14 and two, and they had this. Um, you know, margin of victory, and they were just so different. And Lamar Jackson was MVP, and Mahomes was hurt. And this was, you know, this was the Ravens' year, and the Chiefs snuck up and won it. And the Chiefs were supposed to win in 2020, and the Bucks took it from them. This, to me, you might say that this might hurt their chances of winning this year, which I think offensively, it's really hard to argue that the, the Chiefs could put anything on the field right now, no matter what they do in free agency in the draft, that's as good as it would have been with Tyreek Hill, just because, I mean, you know, that duo has done so much for them, Kelsey and Hill. But I think this increases their chances of winning Super Bowls in the coming year. So I, I don't look at it as a waste. I mean, yes, you're right. Andy Reid's time is coming to, you know, it, it's definitely on the downslope, but man, I think we all look at that second half of the AFC championship and realize things needed to change with the way the chiefs offense was going. And I, who knows, I don't think that the Tyree kills in Miami right now because the chiefs wanted to trade their offense or change their offense. But I also think that they didn't stop themselves. You know, it's kind of like you go well, to the, you, you go to the store and you buy unhealthy food and you tell yourself you're going to eat unhealthy, but then the cookies are in the, cabinet and you grab them like you didn't stop yourself from getting junk food you just told yourself you weren't going to eat it like I just I just think that this isn't the worst thing to have ever happened to the Chiefs I think that this is something that in the long term we're going to look back at and say it was a hard move but it was the right move oh long term 100% agree with you in the long term this was a good move for the Chiefs but in the short term I have trouble believing that this offense is well, that this team overall is going to be better this year than it was last year on both sides of the ball. Like, and you, you can, you kind of conceded earlier that the offense was going to take a step back because how could it not without Tyreek Hill on the field, but 
when you look at the defense, man, all the free agents are gone. Who are you going to get? Stefan Gilmore? He's looking for a two, three-year deal with a lot of money. You're going to bring back Tyron Matthew? I don't think anybody wants that outside of the, the homers. Like, there aren't any edges left. There well, I, I, I think we, that that's really valid. And our, our buddy Sully tweeted this out, and he was right that, you know, if the Chiefs would have done this two or three weeks ago, it would have been brilliant because they would have had all this cap flexibility in the heart of free agency. And, and I do understand that sentiment. But I do think that, you know, between the Christian Kirk deal, the Devontae Adams deal, things really changed. And this, I mean, this happened so fast because we all, I mean, a little peek under the covers, we're going to have a podcast come out on Friday that we recorded last night that um, we did not know that Terry Kill was going to be traded. So we'll probably scrap part of that podcast that was Chief-centric, but generic NFL, we talk a little bit, and I compared the Deshaun Watson situation to Terry Kill. But I mean, you know, we, we had no recollection of this. But for the Chiefs, they, you know, this this changed very quickly for 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 them. And, and I agree, you know, yeah, it would have been really, really nice to have this cap flexibility going forward. But also, I mean, they they do have guys of their own that will need to get locked up. And also one thing that I think we're forgetting too is that going forward in the next year or two, maybe in the next three years, I do not think that Patrick Mahomes is staying on the same deal that he's on right now. Here in a couple of years, it'll just be like, a day in June, and then we'll just get a tweet that say, the Chiefs are giving Patrick Mahomes a new deal and this much X much guaranteed money. He now is the highest paid QB in the NFL again. That That's happened with Aaron Rodgers. It's happened with Peyton Manning. It's happened with all those guys, and it'll happen with Mahomes. He's not just going to – he's on a pretty good deal right now. He's already like the third, third highest paid QB. It'll be the fifth or the sixth here in a couple of years. And when he starts getting down to nine or ten again, it'll happen. So that money needs to be available too. Um. So, like, and one thing I talked to you about, too, is I'm not entirely sure that the Chiefs didn't bring in Juju with the idea that Terry Kill was gone. I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they, like, put in the contract, you will be good because Terry Kill is gone. But I also think that they, you know, winked at Terry, at Juju's agent or at Juju and said, hey, look, like, we're giving you an incentive-laden deal, and we're going to make sure you have a good opportunity to meet that incentive. And, um, you know, I, I think that that plays into this. I, I'm not sure that she's going to get Juju because I was sitting here saying like, man, with Juju and, you know, Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, this is going to be the best offense in the NFL again. And, you know, I, I agree. It's definitely probably not going to be the best offense in the, in the NFL this year, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, outside of the top 10. And I, you know, you're putting your eggs in your basket. You've, you know, Patrick Mahomes is ride or die and it's time for him to ride. Yeah, and now is a perfect opportunity to do that. Like, there are a lot of people that aren't sold on Patrick Mahomes because he's had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey his entire career. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a valid take. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but there, there's an argument to be made that Patrick Mahomes has been essentially the, the best quarterback in the league. Well, he's been in the best situation as a quarterback in the league. Like, he's had both of his top options probably the greatest trio of players, including himself to ever grace the offensive side of the ball. Like th that's something that we're going to look back at and be like, man, how did they not go back to back to back? Like they, they had three first ballot hall of famers on the team at once and a pretty okay offensive line throughout their entire time. Like was the defense that bad? Oh no. Okay. Well then 
you know, circumstances happen, whatever. But as far as the juju thing goes, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Like he's got an incentive laden deal and like, uh, you know, he came to the chiefs and how was he going to accomplish that when there were two people ahead of him? Well, first, first thing I'll say is that we don't really know what those incentives are. Like if it's like catch a hundred balls, then yeah, he probably knew that Tyree kill wasn't going to be here, but if it's like, uh, get 800 yards, make it to the postseason, uh, win a Super Bowl. Like if, if those are them, then it's more team oriented uh, incentives. Then you know, I don't, I don't think that he had any idea they were coming. That's something we'll never know. But, but also, he was going to get one of those deals anyway. Like Juju had come off two bad seasons, and one of them he got injured in, and the other one he had the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him. Well, actually, both of them. He had Ben Roethlisberger's corpse throwing to him. He wasn't going to get a high. He wasn't going to get 10 mil per year. He, he just hadn't proven that he could do anything as a num- legit number one option. And he really hadn't proven a whole lot that he could be the number two option. Now, like I said, some circumstances there, he got injured and he had big Ben thrown to him, but I don't think any team was going to pay him a bunch of guaranteed money. So bringing him in, on the 3 million base, 10 million uh, with incentives deal, I think is just a way of them bringing in a guy. They, they also would have had to tell him is the thing. They, they could talk to his representatives um, and, and tell him, you know, Tyreek Hill is probably not going to be on the roster or he may or may not be on the roster. But that would mean that they would have to have gone to a player that was outside the organization with no allegiance to this organization and be like, Hey, uh, just so you know, we may or may not be trading Tyree Kill when maybe the only person on this team that they talked to was Pat and Andy Reid. I mean, out, outside of those guys, Travis Kelsey didn't know. He tweeted something today. Clyde didn't know. Hardman didn't know. I mean, you would think that some of these guys would be guys that at least maybe would have picked up on something, but instead they're they're blindsided. And I, I just refuse to believe that a receiver that plays for an AFC rival is going to get information before the players on our own team. Well, again, I don't necessarily think that they just like wrote this in his contract, but I think that, I think that there was certainly some inside information, either exchange between the chiefs and Juju or Juju's agent, or even the chiefs just letting him know that they're going to try to make it work, that he can hit those incentives. But I mean, this is the hard stuff. This is why I'm so glad we're over this part of the offseason. We're sitting here speculating about what happened at halftime of the AFC championship game and everything. To me, I, there's, there's really one last thing to talk about, just kind of how, how things go forward from here. Tyreek Hill is not a chief. He's not on this team anymore. So, you know, we can sit here and talk about the Dolphins all we want, but we don't want to talk about a team that might miss the playoffs. So let's just focus on here a little bit. Um, I Going forward with the picks and the cap space, one thing that I want to remind you guys all of is that there's absolutely, and I do think that there's probably no way that the Chiefs are going to be a better offense this year than they would have been with Tyreek Hill but there's absolutely a path to them being a better team. Just start doing the math, man. The amount of money that they freed up to go and do things. Now, here's the thing. You're right. We would have loved this money a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, 
we can make jokes about Marquez Valdez Scantling, but he is a guy who stretches the field and still has that take the top off the defense often, uh, you know, option. So there's that, you know, him possibly coming in. Ronald Jones would probably be the second, you know, second running back to Clyde Edward Delaire. But also, I mean, Ronald Jones is a guy who's been the guy in Tampa Bay until Leonard Fournette came around. He's not really a Tom Brady back. And I'm not sure. I haven't watched enough of him to just completely say, I think that he is, you know, going to be the bell cow for the Chiefs. But also, he would be the second. He'd be the best running back, too, we've had in quite some time. Juju I, I Marquez. Would, I think he would be the number one if he can. Yeah, I, I don't one, know how 100%. he is. As a, if I remember, I don't think he's a great pass catcher. So that's still up in the air. But let's say it's, you know, Jarek McKinnon, Derek Gore, um, Ronald Jones, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, Marquez Valdez-Gantley, the draft Jalen Burks, or Jamison Williams, who, you know, may or may not still be there. We're talking about another starting corner. We're talking about an edge drafted at one of those second positions. They bring in Stephon Gilmore or Melvin Ingram. I mean, guys, we're talking about five or six players that are replacing one player. And look, I understand that Tyreek Hill is one of one and all the things that we said about him as a player. But also, he's not, he's not that. He's not that many players. And the flexibility that the Chiefs have, look, I would have loved for them to get picked 10, obviously. But um, the flexibility the Chiefs have with having two back-to-back picks is super unique for two reasons, right? One, it's like whenever you get the snake option and you're on the bookends in your roto draft, right? You know that I can take, I can go wide receiver, tight end here, or quarterback, running back here, because I know no one's going to steal something from me. So if the Chiefs, which we'll talk about this in a second, but if the Chiefs wanted to, they know that these two players are going to be theirs when when the draft comes to them. They don't have to worry about what the team ahead of them is going to do, right? I mean, they do a little bit at pick 29, but 29 and 30 are all theirs, so they can just take two players back-to-back, right? And they're still sitting with two picks at the end of the draft. So let's say Team X or whatever calls and says, hey, we believe in Kenny Pickett's Viagra hands and they've grown. We <laughs> want to take Kenny Pickett. They can trade them pick 29, get the, the pick that's a little bit cheaper, still have the fifth-year option, or they just don't and, or, and, you know, and turn that into more seconds in, for the following year, or they might get a first out of it, right? So all those things are to their advantage. They've got multitude of picks here inside the top 100 and we and on the podcast that's going to get released later in the week we talked a little bit about how the Chiefs are kind of zigging while everyone's zagging everyone's moving picks for players everyone's kind of doing the Rams all in right now thing so the Chiefs taking advantage of these gaps in the draft are really are really a big deal you know so I I truly think that this is uh I you know we we said it to start the podcast the 2022 Chiefs are not as good, but the 2023, 24, 25 Chiefs got better today. And that's important. Mm-hmm. And not only could I know that you're not a fan of this option, but let's say mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau starts falling into the teens. It doesn't take both those first round picks to, to pull up to 15. So that, that's a first and a second round. Maybe you throw in the 50, number 50 that we got and the number 29 that we got and you move up to 15. Now you get Kayvon Thibodeau. You still have a first-round pick. Okay, so who's, who, less, who is left on the board? Traylon Burks? Jamison Williams? 
Ojabo. I mean, there are, there are plenty of options that they can get in the first round. And if there's a guy that they want, man, they can get him. There is nobody on the board that is out of their reach except for maybe maybe a top 10 pick. If somebody goes in the top 10, they might not get Sauce Gardner. They may not get um, Aiden Hutchinson. But the, anybody on the board is theirs. And now, especially with those, a lot of people are, are not talking about the three-sevenths and the fourths. I mean, three-sevenths, four those sevenths. aren't picks. Four-sevenths. Four, four-sevenths, my bad. You can package that. That's, I mean, not all of them, but you want a little sweetener to throw? Maybe, you know what, maybe, uh, maybe the Falcons are sitting there at 11, and they're like, okay, well, you know, I, I like the first and the second, but – Say, okay, well, we'll throw two more cheap players in there for you. Two more sevens. Okay. You know, that, that might be the difference between a deal getting done and a deal not. And hell, man, th- there's a lot of good, cheap talent in this draft. And the Chiefs are in position to take whoever they want. Whoever they want in this draft. That, that is a unique opportunity for a team who just went to the AFC title game the year before. So the, the Chiefs are in perfect position. They're going to have 30 mil per year in cap room that they didn't have, or they weren't going to have if they signed Tyreek. And who knows what they're going to do now? Now, this is essentially offseason 2.0. Like, we're gearing up for the draft. They might trade some of their picks for players now. They, I mean, right now, the Chiefs are in a position. They have the most cap room in the NFL. They've got 12 picks in this upcoming draft. Who the hell knows what they're going to do? Like this team could look completely different three weeks from now. And I'm here to tell you, dude, as a content creator, hell yeah. This is supposed to be the time where nothing's happening. We are about to get a couple of heaps of big content over here and a trade over here and some other stuff over. Like it's going to be a crazy rest of the offseason and it will be crazy the night of the draft. So this is a perfect offseason for a commentator for a couple of amateur podcasters and it's a good off season to be a chiefs fan. Still, we lost Tyreek Hill. It isn't as bad as you probably think it is. So, well, I mean, here, there are very few, you're right. It is off season 2.0, right? Cause of everything that's happening, everything that's possible to happen with these picks. Here's one thing that I can guarantee you. The chiefs are not drafting with all of these picks that is absolutely not happening yeah i will like do something ridiculous i will you know like take a bath and butter or something if the chiefs draft at every single one of these picks it's just not going to happen now is that the first thing that your mind went to just uh, i was was thinking about that college bowl what is that bowl game where they like give each other a mayonnaise bath that's what i was thinking of i don't know the winner gets a mayonnaise (laughs) bath or something but uh like i am certain that these picks are not all staying with the Chiefs, whether they get packaged to move up, packaged to get moved down, packaged to be moved for a player. I am 100% against the Chiefs packaging their first round picks to move up for a higher pick. I want the Chiefs, the Chiefs have one, two, three, six picks in the top 103 picks in the draft. And I picked 103, even though it should be 100, but they're just outside 100 with their last third round pick. That counts. They're 103 counts. Yeah, that comp pick. They need to get, like, it's unrealistic to say that they're going to get six starters out of there, but they need at least four. 
Like I'm not exaggerating. They need yeah. four starters. Now, if they think, hey, you know, we can move up in the second and grab us a starter and get rid of one of those picks, okay. And I mean, we you cannot sit here and say, oh man, you know, um, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton are such a huge draft class, and then say here it's not possible. I mean, we we do have reason to be nervous because it's the draft and it's a crapshoot. But I'm absolutely not in favor of the Chiefs bundling these picks to go up for someone, and I'm not in favor of uh, certainly not in favor of them trading for a guy who's like I've seen the DK Metcalf stuff. Absolutely not. That's even more stupid now Mm -hmm. because you're just doing the same thing to pay someone what 25 million. You know, like DK Metcalf's not Tyree Kill, so you're going to pay him a little bit less and trade picks for it. That would be the dumbest. That would be like plugging an extension cord into itself and expecting power. It's just stupid. It's not going to work, right? Like, I that makes no sense. Now, if one of these picks gets traded for a what, like, you know, I haven't looked at Tyler Lockett's contract situation. He would make a little bit more sense, but he's not going to command a first round pick. If you're telling me they give up pick 94 or pick 62 for DK Met, or for Tyler Lockett to be, you know, a great wide receiver too for the Chiefs, that makes sense. And his contract's not outrageous either. That makes sense. But I'm certainly not in the favor of some big package, you know, even, I mean, even if we're talking about some bona fide superstar at this point, the chiefs have chosen their players. It's Orlando Brown. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Patrick Mahomes and it's Chris Jones right now. And Joe Tooney. He's the other guy who's getting big money right now. So they got to make it work with where it is. Yeah. A hundred percent. And just looking at, uh, Tyler Lockett's contract here. It looks like he signed a four-year, $69 million deal. So, I mean, it's less than 20. And he can probably give you 80% of what Tyree Kill could give you. And for $10 million less, yeah, his, his cap hit this year is $10 million. That, that's something you can do. His cap, here, cap hit next year is 16, then 24, 24. I mean, but those are potential outs with so there's after 2023 there's a potential out for 14 million dollars in dead cap and there there are a hundred different ways you can change that up a restructure is not out of the question there you can get them to sign a new deal that would be a a move that if the chiefs did i could see okay the offense is going to be a little bit worse but we're going to get five new starters on defense and they're all going to be cheap and maybe we trade for one one star guy on the outside. Like that's something that I could get behind where I could say the chiefs are, are ready to contend this year. Outside of that. I mean, not a lot of people are looking to give up their number one wide receiver and especially ones that they sign that are uh, team friendly at this point in time, like in their contract. So who knows? We'll, we'll see. I mean, a hundred percent behind the idea that they don't have, all of these picks by the time we hit the draft, there's no chance. But for Tyler Lockett, I think you could probably keep all your top 100s. I think it cost a sixth, maybe yeah. even maybe a fifth. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I mean, don't whenever they have a fifth, whenever so. Robert Woods goes for a like a 2023 sixth, well, that, yeah, that that's that sucks. Now thinking about that deal, the Chiefs could have absolutely had Robert Woods and Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey, and still had MVS and felt really good about the offense, but. Let's take a deep breath. Shoulda, woulda, shoulda. It's going to be okay. The Chiefs have the most important things figured out. Yep, I, and they're in I, good position. I will read you another tweet from mine because that's really just what this podcast is, is us reading oh. your tweet. 
us reading our tweets. If, if not for that, what else would we be? But I pointed this out today and, you know, someone, I'm just saying this is not as crazy as you think. In the last three or four years, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Trading elite wide receiver talent is nothing new. All those guys have been traded, and a majority of those have not worked out. I don't care what people say, the DeAndre Hopkins trade has not done the Cardinals any favors. The Antonio Brown trade clearly was a wet fart noise. The Stephon Diggs trade is the one that really worked well for both teams. It helped them get Justin Jefferson, and it helped elevate Josh Allen. Devontae Adams, the jury's still out. Tyree Kill, the jury's still out. But this happens. And we and it, I'm pretty sure, I'm thinking T.O. was traded to the Eagles from the Cowboys, or was it the other way around? I'm trying to remember. It was the other way around. Yeah, but I mean, there. this is not something new. There was, in my opinion, this is just kind of my final thought. There was never a way that Travis Kelsey was going to make $16 million per average. Patrick Mahomes is going to make $45 million per average. And Terry Kill is going to make 30 That just yeah. can't exist on one roster, and the roster still be good. It just could it, One more thing on those trades. Randy Moss, at the peak, at the height of his power, got traded to the Patriots for a sixth-round pick. No, it was a fourth-round pick. My bad. Well, yeah, so, but he had those down years with the Raiders, right? Because he went Vikings that's and true. signed, signed that's the deal true. with the Raiders and then kind of sucked with the Raiders because of, you know, the Raiders and the quarterback play that they had and then revitalized his career with Brady. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not crazy. So, overall – that is, those are our thoughts. Do you have anything else you'd like to say on the Terry Kill thing? Uh, not really, but now is it's more important than ever that you check out this draft guide that we're about to release because now we've got 12 picks. Who knows are we, who are we going to take? Oh, yeah. We have three definitely. sevens. I mean, you, you might want to get the draft guide, see how they fit into the Chiefs' offense as the pick is being made. Okay. So yes, there's a lot of exciting that. opportunities there. Absolutely. It'll be early April. So just, just a few weeks away before it comes out. And I hope you guys love it. It, it took a lot of time, but. Yeah, I know. mean, for the last couple of years, the first round of the draft has been a snooze, snooze fest for us. And now it's going to be must watch television for oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You will have to turn it on from when it begins to when it ends, because you have no idea what the Chiefs are going to do. They could trade up. They could trade back. All the options are on the table. All right. Well, that was us talking about how the cheetah became a dolphin. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, we tried to, you know, get on here. We're going to get this podcast up as soon as possible. If it'll be up the night of the trade. And then we will dump another podcast probably on Thursday or Friday. That was before the Tyreek trade. There's still some good content. We learned that Christian is a lifelong Brownies fan. Mm-hmm. It's all in on the, on the uh, Detroit Browns or whatever they are, basically. So um, from Price A. Carter on Twitter and at CBreezy underscore edits, thanks for listening to Not Just Another Sports Podcast. Thanks, guys. See ya.